We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Welcome, welcome. What's up, peoples? Rodney Wood. Kyle Jackson. <laughs> Back for another podcast. Because <clears throat> it's what we do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just got done making the rounds through Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Wyoming Utah, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico. We made a almost 4,000 mile trip. Pretty long trip. Not not the greatest way to do a fishing trip. No. But uh, we but were a hell crossing, of a way to see some cool country. Right. That's that's what we were that's what I was about to say. We were kinda of crossing the it was kind of a uh, family visit fishing trip slash sightseeing trip. Yeah. You know, we wanted to see a lot of country, we wanted to go a lot of places. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to do a lot of fishing and, uh, so that was kind of what tied it, you know, we tied it into between two birthdays, two birthdays and, and, and trying to, to see a lot of country, your family and mm-hmm. yeah, we just rolled a bunch of stuff all up into one trip and we called it a fishing trip and we did some, some fishing and we enjoyed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was that, yeah, not if you're going to do a fishing trip, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> no, no, for sure. No, the better way would be to go one, go to one place and uh, fish for a couple of days, and go to another place, or or just go to one place and fish the whole time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's still a really cool trip, an exciting trip. Uh, had a lot of fun. Um, got to got to go do some really cool podcasts with some really cool people yep and that's another part of it, it mm-hmm. you know got to throw in some podcasts with uh first light with kifaru international uh, yep international with uh friends in utah um didn't get a podcast with an idaho game warden which we wanted to do but we got to talk with a couple of them and that was we cool did. we'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit about about what we learned from them so anyways yeah um, really cool trip. Did not go as planned. No, we had some <clears throat> we had some bumps along the way, but that's that's really to be expected. So <clears throat> we we started planning for this trip when Rodney oh, back back last fall. Yeah, back in Thanksgiving is back in the days of your. I mean, we, I would say probably Thanksgiving ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, last Thanksgiving is when we started planning this trip. And if you know Rodney at all, Rodney gets into the planning. Yeah. And so uh, about every week or every three days, usually, <laughs> I'd get an update from Rodney. Well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And so um, it was important to us to kind of have a have a plan in place uh, route of travel. A general, yeah, a general. I, th- I think that was the most thing that I was looking at is trying to break down a general route 
that would get us through the areas that we wanted to see in the time that we had. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I think Rodney did a pretty good job of that. Uh, you know, he spent a lot of time on, on the computer and um, looking at roads and looking at uh, places that we wanted to visit and tying everything in together. And I think that's uh, real important, whether it's a hunting trip, fishing trip, uh, vacation, uh, is making sure that you have you know i'm not one to have an itinerary yeah for for a vacation or for a trip Mm -hmm. i really don't i don't want my my days planned down to the minute because then what happens with that is if you get off that itinerary man you feel like you're out of whack or you feel like you you know you've done something and i'm not that i'm personally i'm not that type of guy uh most of my friends know me for kind of being an on-the-fly type of guy i'll just show up you know unannounced no, no, no pun intended right yeah no, we were fly fishing yeah no no <laughs> pun intended but i'll show up unannounced or, or on a whim I'll, I'll take a trip and, and go and, and see somebody at least i did a lot of that before before i got married and, and had kids yeah. uh but yeah the route was more of a guideline and we didn't stick to it perfectly anyway no and that was that was the plan was just to have a general direction of travel whether we whether we didn't make it to the day's um, planned destination or we made it further was fine we just wanted that route of travel just a general idea and it's i guess it's kind of how we do our podcast too just a general <laughs> outline yeah. and we'll meander yeah. in between Today and do what we want to talk do. about this and then we end up talking about squirrels. That's all right. But it was it was definitely important to have that, that general outline. That way, you know, we had a little bit of a timeline. We had an idea of where we were headed to. and, and it, But it did give us some flexibility. It gave us some flexibility to fish along the way. It gave us some flexibility to look at some different places along the way if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I think that was real important. Um you know, because we we're basically on vacation, man. You, yeah. You don't tie yourself down. Kind of enjoy it as you go. Type right. of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the the thought plan, and and then of course fishing was was the next, and so um, so a couple couple cool things about Idaho, because um, that's where we spent the majority of our trip. <clears throat> so a couple of cool things. One, they have a um, fishing website. It's called Idaho Fishing Planner. Uh, that's the the URL, IdahoFishingPlanner.com. And click on the map, and it brings up a map, and it shows all the waters and all the special waters, which have special rules for special times. Well... We're not used to that down here in New Mexico. In New Mexico, we just have a fishing proclamation that says, "Go fish." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it has that stat. It has that information in the proclamation, and, and I know Idaho does have that in the pro, uh, as a proclamation as well. But the really nice thing about that website was 
you could click on water that exactly. you were looking to fish and see exactly what the specific regulations for that water and, were. And yeah. man, that's nice. And there's a ton and ton a ton of special regulations. Now there's there's some special regulations in New Mexico. There, there you know some special trout uh, water. Yeah, they, and they they have the red and the green chili waters now and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but New Mexico is much simpler. There, we don't that, have near just, the water. No, I we, hope yeah, we don't have near the water. And it, but New Mexico is much much simpler um, when it comes to fishing. There's not near as much regulation. Well, um, and in Idaho, there's a ton of um, different regions. They call them mm-hmm. fishing regions, and each fishing region has its own set of general rules. And then. Each water within each region may or may not have special rules. Well, and so and that and that website gives you all of that information. And one thing that I wasn't aware of is how much waters, how many of the fishing waters were closed in April. Yeah, and so that really kind of tied tied us, kind of helped guide the route. Yeah, when I was choosing a route because so many. Fishing waters, um, the, the the original route I chose is completely different, completely backwards from the route we actually the route took. we actually took, and that was because I chose the route, and then I went and started finding fishing places on the route, and it wasn't working, no. so I had to readjust. So here's the the other interesting thing about Idaho that you know we don't have to deal with here in New Mexico, and this is. Always something to think about when you're going to a different state. Plan ahead, look look ahead, and see what the regulations are. Uh, but you know, here in New Mexico, we have two two major quote unquote rivers, the Rio Grande and the Pecos, um, and those rivers go from north to south, almost almost in a straight line. I mean, they meander a little bit. Uh, the Pecos goes down the the east side of the state, the Rio Grande kind of goes down the middle part of the state. And within those, there's not a, a whole lot of variation in <coughs> how you can fish, what you can fish, etc., etc. The places that you get into the special regulations in New Mexico is the cold water uh, trout fisheries and, and the streams up in the mountains where, you know, they're doing specific restoration of uh, you know, real ground cutthroat or down in the Gila, whatever it is. <clears throat> but, you know, your main fishing waters here are the reservoirs of the lakes and things like that. Yep. And <clears throat> in Idaho, it was really interesting because it was hard to, to wrap your mind around. So the, one of the first places, the first place we did stay in Idaho was Stanley, Idaho. And that is right at the headwaters of the Salmon River. Mm-hmm. And the Salmon River <clears throat> goes from there, and it, the headwaters start running west, and then it makes a U-turn at Stanley, and it runs back north and east mm-hmm. down to Salmon, Idaho, which is one of the last places we went through right. on our trip. And then it makes another big old U-turn and comes back north and west, and it flows through the River of No Return, Frank Church Wilderness, mm-hmm. and then it kicks out uh, down or over on the west side of Idaho into the Snake River, and 
<clears throat> those both there's flow down multiple to tributaries and there's several forks and it goes on down with the snake river into the columbia river and then it goes on out to sea mm -hmm. well they have steelhead which is fish we don't have in new mexico mm -hmm. well technically uh, technically uh, we technically do. we do we have rainbow, rainbow trout in new which mexico. is what a steelhead is which is something i didn't even know that a rainbow trout was just a steelhead that you know doesn't migrate to the ocean yeah so a steelhead's a rainbow trout that migrates to the ocean gets really big but they come back up those rivers every single year and spawn in certain places along the river and so <clears throat> that's another huge thing that we didn't know mm -hmm. uh, don't have to deal with here in new mexico mm -hmm. so it was a huge <clears throat> learning curve to figure out okay yeah these are these are how do you first of all how do you fish for these secondly how you know yeah the different regions and yeah. the different specific regulations and yeah well and, it, and so even in even in specifics you know so as much as I do research at the beginning I hadn't researched that much and um, knowing that we were going to be doing some fly fishing and I wanted a fly rod I went and ordered a fly rod and it was a good fly rod I used it but Sometime later, after I already ordered that fly rod, um, I learned from from you who had talked to your game warden contact up in Idaho that the fly rods that we had were not adequate for fishing for steelhead. Yeah. So I had to order a second uh, fly rod um, for specifically for steelhead. Not specifically for steelhead, but for much just larger a, fish. Yeah, heavier weight for larger yeah. fish because they have larger fish there. Right. And so, yeah, um, <clears throat> very, very interesting to kind of wrap your head around those dynamics because it is so different from New Mexico in that they have so much water. Uh, even in the desert, their their rivers are huge. What was it you said when we were driving through there? Their dang canals have more water than New Mexico yeah, yeah. rivers. <laughs> Well, you know, there's, there's several irrigation canals that we, you know, crossed going here to there, and they have a lot of farmland in Idaho, and, and that's about that's about the size of it. Their their irrigation and canals are are uh, bigger than as big or bigger than, than, like, the Rio Grande or the Pecos. So, I mean, they just have Crazy. a ton of water everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's water. Little lakes, uh, you know... It's it's insane how much water yeah, they have. All their major rivers, the, the salmon, uh, the clear water, the snake, um, just large rivers. Large, uh, deep. Number of, just tons of, of you know, the Boise River. They're all just large flipping rivers. Yep. Uh, their creeks are as big as our rivers, and that's just crazy. Yep. Um the Cimarron River right up here where mm -hmm. I live, you know, that's one of the major fishing rivers here in this area. Um, that's a creek up there. Yeah. Little creek. Little creek. That's, that's a little creek up there. Yeah. That's what they call a creek. Well, let's see, what's mm. the, what was the definition? Who? Uh, where did I read that? The difference between a creek and a creek. If you have the potential of at some point finding... A tire in it, it's a crick. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that. Where the heck did I read it? I can't remember because I'm quoting somebody. Um, but yeah, that's that was the definition or the difference between a, a 
crick, crick in, in a, a creek. creek. You have the potential of finding a tire in it. It's a creek. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. So, mm, th- those were really interesting dynamics to experience. Um, you know, kind of doing it on the, on the fly. Uh, now that we have a little bit of experience, the next time we go up there and be sure I am absolutely going back. Oh, yeah. Because it was a lot of fun. But the next time we go up there, uh, we'll have a little better idea of, of where to go and what to do and, and where to spend our time. That's one thing that this trip really did was uh, we got to look at some country and figure out, hey, this is a place we'd like to come back to and, and look yeah. at. Yeah, that's what fish. a lot of it was. <clears throat> um, I mean, because without I, – I, so it's interesting. I went to college up there. I went to college – uh, up in Rexburg, Idaho. Um, but it was it was <laughs> funny. I spent a lot of time in that country, but my focuses were elsewhere in college, and I I wish now that I had taken advantage of the outdoor opportunities that there were at that time. But I wasn't. I just wasn't into it at the time, and so I wasn't Different. doing fishing. I wasn't doing a lot of hunting. Different kind of wildlife. Different kind of wildlife. <laughs> so, so you know, looking back on it and looking, looking back on what, how much Idaho and Wyoming and and Montana had to offer, I was in plo- close proximity to all three of those states, and I spent some time in in Wyoming. Uh, I didn't do any fishing. Uh, you know, I did a lot of. Uh, outdoor stuff when I was in Wyoming so I was doing a, an internship with the Forest Service so I wrote I was pretty much riding in allotments all day yeah. and so that was cool got to see wolves got to see a, a moose got to see mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff <clears throat> but I didn't take advantage of those outdoor opportunities right. Right. that I that I now look at and think man I wish I'd have done that I can and say so, I can say 100% with certainty that so I I spent a year in Oklahoma um, going to college, uh, living with some family. And one thing about Oklahoma is different than Idaho, but it's full of water. Lots of water. Lots of water. Water everywhere. Ponds everywhere. And uh, so predominantly you're doing catfishing, bass fishing, crappie fishing, and hand fishing. Consequently, Spencer and, and Ben... Uh, couple of friends in Ida or uh, in Oklahoma we still plan on coming to, to paddle fish right? in Oklahoma so. yeah so you know I done I done a lot of that and it, it's the same thing you can fish a different spot every day all year long and never fish the same spot twice and um, I fished a ton when I was up there had I ever been to Idaho like I had been to Oklahoma I would have never met you I would have never come back because <laughs> I guarantee you I would have fished it and I guarantee you I would have stayed um, gosh just amazing country um, so much to fish uh, so many different places to see Yep. and then the wildlife so you're talking about seeing moose and seeing wolves we didn't see any moose which I was very disappointed um didn't really expect to see a wolf, so wasn't disappointed that we didn't see a wolf. But what we did see a ton of was bighorn. Yep. Uh, so up there, apparently, bighorn are just as common as driving down the road and seeing mule deer in New Mexico. 
Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because here in New Mexico, there's a couple of places that you can see bighorn from the road. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Taos Gorge. Yep. Um, that ta- the Taos Gorge area. Mm-hmm. And in the Cuesta Red River area, between yep. Cuesta and Red River. Now, I... In, this, in the wintertime, they'll come down and they'll, they'll be along that road. And, and there's those are the two main places in yep. New Mexico... You could possibly see bighorn from the road. Otherwise, all our bighorn are up high above treeline. I have seen them. Now, now, not that you should expect to ever see them again, but I have seen them San Augustine Pass between Las Cruces and El Gordo. But that's rare. Yeah. I'm I've, saying I've, with regularity. Yeah, yeah, I've been through there a thousand times and saw them once. Yeah, So <laughs> with regularity. <clears throat> but up in Idaho... <clears throat> they had places where they had pull-offs just for you to look at them because right. they're there right. with such regularity. Yeah. Um, Idaho, you know, Montana, and Wyoming, all three. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool. So we got to see some, um, a lot of bighorn. A lot of whitetail. No, no, I was surprised man, I, by I, that. I guarantee you we saw a thousand whitetail. And I was totally expecting mule deer, mule deer country. Yeah, you know, and then big, big rocky. Well, it, so there's the other thing, too. Um, you think you're going to Idaho, and they've got all these great big mountains. Um, we've got taller mountains than them. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. You know, and the majority of the land up there in Idaho is below four or five thousand feet. Yeah, the elevation is is fairly so low. So low. We had <clears throat> it was it was hard to wrap your your mind around. Because it was, it was like my trip to, or my honeymoon to Alaska, you mm-hmm. know, they were talking, of, here's these big snow-capped peaks that had glaciers on them. Mm-hmm. And they were at 2,000 feet, their their peak was at 2,000 foot elevation. Right. Well, and, and, and. But, but, you know, here, we're f- on flat ground yeah. in Springer, in Springer, New Mexico, we're on flat ground, we're at. About seven thousand feet. Yep. And so, our mountains go up from there. Well, when you're, when you're at sea level, obviously well, live, your peak's going to be. Yeah, I live at forty-two hundred, and um, Sierra Blanca is over eleven thousand. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's that's that's a that's eight thousand feet. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> like the tallest peak in Idaho, which we saw, drove right by it. Mount Bora. Uh, and, I mean, it looks like a foothill. Yeah. You know, because you're standing at, what, what was it? It was like 10,000, 11,000 feet is yeah. the tallest peak. Yeah. And you're standing at, on, on, in the valley floor, you're standing at, what, like 8,000? Something like 9, that. 9,000. <laughs> and then it's just a little short hike to the top of that peak. Now, of course, it's straight up. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't look that tall because you're already so high around it but but the majority of of idaho uh is so low the elevation is so low and i wonder if that has anything to do with the whitetail population i don't know um i tend to think it's probably more more a factor of farmland the topography and the farmland i you know doubt when we went through riggins Mm -hmm. uh down in that canyon that desert canyon uh, I would imagine that's where you're going to see more of the mule deer uh, when we up, went up towards uh, Kamei. Um, a lot of farmland, 
a lot of ditch cover. It was steep, but there was those, a lot of water too. Those dang light tail were, you know, mountain goading it. No. Speaking of mountain goading. Speaking of it, mountain goading. <laughs> <clears throat> and the cows were one thing. All right, seeing those cows, they, they, they crossbreed cows and mountain goats. There's some sort of sheep, I guarantee it, because these cows are way up on these hills that are just steep. As all. I don't know how they they don't gather them. Um, I said uh, they gather they them use with dogs. Yeah, they say use dogs. Yeah, because they're just way up on these hills, and it's nothing but grass, but it's just steep, straight up and down, and these cows are just way up there at the top. You know, on a cliff, like a goat. Yep. It's crazy. And then we saw horses. Horses. Which, unlike the cows, you know, you got a split hoof, you can understand that, but a horse doesn't. That's just crazy for them to be up there on the side of the hill. Like the next time somebody tells me, oh, a cow won't, won't graze the side of a hill, I'm going to tell them, you go yes. to Riggins, Idaho, <clears throat> and you will see some mountain goat cows. Right? Everything's a little bit of mountain goat up there. Everything's a little bit of mountain goat. But if you're gonna live in Idaho, you gotta have a little mountain goat. There, even though their their mountains weren't that tall, as elevation wise. Yeah. There was Rugged. just a ton of them. Ton of them. Ton of them. And, and all everywhere you snow. looked at, everywhere you looked, there was mountains and there was snow capped peaks and it was it was impressive. And the elevation may not be up there, but man, you get in the mountains and they will they will uh, humble you. Yeah. They are awe-inspiring, and they are rugged. The sawtooths were amazing. Amazing. Uh, really pretty place. <clears throat> that was another thing that we ran into on our trip that kind of threw a wrench in things. You know, we figured April, end of April, <laughs> yeah. we'll be good to go. Yeah. No. We're walking around in shorts and a t-shirt here oh in New Mexico. Gosh. Yeah, we're, it's, you know, 65 degrees here. <clears throat> well, it was 55 degrees up there, but it, there were still three feet of snow. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Like in Stanley and those those types of places, yeah. a little bit higher than that, there was snow everywhere. And so the campgrounds we had planned on staying at yep. were all still closed. Well, the, the first campground that we were going to stay at near Stanley uh, and the first lake that we were going to fish was frozen over and the campground was still under three feet of snow. So we had to do a little bit of redirection. Fortunately, we didn't have to go very far, you know, because you go down in elevation just a little bit, and yeah, it's it, you know, there's quick. there's a there's a definite snow line. Yeah, right. Uh, and I don't know what that elevation was, but it was a definite snow line. Like snow stops here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you go down below that, and it's spring. Uh, you know, just really cool. And so we went down there and found us another campground right on the river. Uh, worked well, mm-hmm. you know, so. Got to be able to adjust on the fly because um, we didn't it. We didn't sure run into a few things like that with the uh, with the plans. Yes. So for sure, for sure. <clears throat> so very, very cool. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think uh, some of the other things that that we didn't plan for that kind of came up. Uh, was I guess it's it's interesting to be on the move that much. We're used to setting a camp, yeah, <clears throat> and staying there for a while, yeah. And so, <clears throat> thankfully, I have a, a camp trailer that we got ready 
to go the day before we left. We finished up the final mm-hmm. touches on it, uh, and so it, it kept most of our gear, you know, fairly dry, and and that was beneficial because you didn't have to worry about wet gear. <clears throat> but um, we are we're generally we're generally not set up to just do a, you know a night camp and then uh, pick up and go the next day and so it was it was it was a process in figuring out how to set our trailer up and how to pack things for that type of travel you know what I mean yeah um, yeah and we so we basically took three camp setups and and I, I use that term loosely um, but so one was just open air throw your bedroll on the ground mm-hmm. camp setup um, the other the other was um, and we'll put a plug in for these tarps because I thought they were just fantastic they were uh, the chill gorilla tarp we talk about we talk all oh, I'm gonna go squirrel here we talk all the time about bag stealing and borrowing right yep and we also talk about good gear, um, you know, is worth it. Uh, but just because it costs a lot of money doesn't mean that it's a must-have. Um, and just because something is cheaper doesn't mean it's no good. Yeah. So there's other tarps on the market that are probably fantastic but are really expensive. We found these Chill Gorilla tarps, and basically what it is is it's a – um, uh, a tarp to put over your it's a hammock, tarp. hammock or your bedroll cot, whatever. Uh, just a sunshade lean-to type of deal. And it is $35 on Amazon. And it's fantastic. Absolutely loved it. And that was kind of our second camp setup. Yep. You know, uh, still open air. It'll handle light rains. Yep. You know, it's Which not going to... we gonna, got a couple it, of those yeah, nights. Yeah, It's not going to handle a downpour, you know. Uh, it'll keep you mostly dry, probably, in a downpour if you put it teepee style over the top of you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really good tarp, easy to set up. Uh, really liked it. And then the, the third one was we brought um, just our little one-man uh, tents with rain flies for... Four nights when it was real bad windy or bad rain. Yep. We only had to use those really once. Yeah. I'll use mine twice. Yeah. Um, mine's super easy. Yours is super easy to set up, but they are super easy, super quick. Um, and uh, so I use mine twice. You use yours once. Yep. Uh, just the once when it rained pretty good on us that we actually needed them yeah so but it that um that kind of camp and move uh was new to us we hadn't done a whole lot of that and so learning that process and and of course having that camp trailer is really nice because i have everything that i need in the camp trailer Mm -hmm. and so we didn't have to worry about, you know, packing it in a backpack and then, you know, packing the backpack up again yeah. and, and all that. We just grabbed it from the tra- camp trailer and when we were done with it, put it back in the camp yeah. trailer. Uh, but One of those pull-out beds yes. would be phenomenal for that thing. Yeah, it would. 
Yeah, it would. Because that was kind of a, well, it looked like a pain. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad once you got once you got everything kind of figured out. It took me a, a night or two to, to figure out how to pack everything so it fit well, and it was easy to get in and out again uh, if you needed it. Um, so... <clears throat> Yeah, that was that was an interesting dynamic as well. Just figuring out um, how to pack everything to where it was easy access, but it wasn't just jumbled in the back of the trailer. Right. So, anyways, but uh, what else, Rodney? I mean, that, I that that was just a fun trip. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, we we logged a lot of miles. We did. As much fishing as we could, uh, put some kayaks on some lakes. Mm-hmm. Which we'll do a separate podcast on kayaking and fly fishing. Yep. Um, but, you know, uh, let's talk about some of the cool places. You know, what what was your... Give me two places that, uh, that you would suggest to the people's check out just to look at or to fish or what what do you think i don't care um for sure uh fishing i i would i would avoid april yeah but uh the clearwater river i'm I'm gonna stop you right there and squirrel you real quick avoid april I, i get that but we run into the end of the so, set, the run. So what I'm saying is, so the Clearwater River uh, in the Grangeville, Kamii, Kuski, uh, Orfino, Orfino area, if you could go earlier than April, I would. That's what I would think it would be better, just because we hit the end of the Steelhead Run uh, spawning run. In April, and they had had a ton of rain, and so there's only a little portion of that of of that part of the world that was clear water, mm-hmm. right below the Dwarshack Dam. In Orofino, yeah. In Orofino, <clears throat> the rest of the river was muddy. It was running fast. It was running high. Um, so if you could hit it earlier than April, and still be hitting that that steelhead run, that would be my suggestion. It's also really, really cool country. It's different country because all the roads, well, not all the roads, but the major roads are down in the canyon. It's like you have to go down into the forest. Yeah, it's so crazy. You get up on top and it's a bunch of farmland, and then you get down in the canyons, and that's where all the trees are and things like that. And so it's real different country. It's real interesting, uh, real pretty, uh, absolutely a, a beautiful part of the world. Um, so... Yeah, if you're gonna sh- if you're gonna fish for steelhead up there, that would be my suggestion mm-hmm. prior to April. Yeah. Uh, second place <clears throat> that I really liked that I did not we did not get to spend a whole lot of time in this in this this area, uh, but if I could, I'd like to go back and spend some time. And that was that lake country up there around uh, Coeur d'Alene, mm-hmm. Sandpoint. There's two big old lakes up there, Lake Coeur d'Alene and, and Lake Ponderé. And we didn't get in on either one of those. We got on some smaller lakes up there. Uh, but I think uh, that would be a really cool place to go back and, and try and fish. 
Yeah. Yeah, one thing that we, one place we missed, <clears throat> I wish we would have had um, the opportunity to go spend some more time around there was uh, Priest River, Priest Lake area. Um, really pretty country up in there. Um, I really liked uh, the Salmon River outside of Stanley. <laughs> Uh, again, it's like you said, it, it was it was running <clears throat> running pretty strong. Uh, wasn't too terribly muddy, but it was it was you know it was definitely dirty water. So earlier or later would be a better time. I think, and that's a place I guess maybe I didn't. Yeah, uh, Stanley that that Salmon River by Stanley is really cool. I would suggest later. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's going to be prettier. We, it was covered in snow. Yeah. Everything was covered in snow. It was covered there. in snow. I don't know if that's an anomaly or if that's the usual. But, um, you know, that steelhead run is earlier. So, yeah, so what you want to deal with. Yeah, I don't you know. know. Camp lower and drive up every day, however you want to do it. But Figure out where the spawning beds are. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing with steelhead. Yep. So, pretty pretty country, that's for sure. Yep. So, What about you? That was it. That was what I gave you. Just Stanley. Um, Priest Lake. Priest Lake. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. Get with it. You get with it, Rodney. <laughs> it's been a lot of miles. Give us, yes. give us a little bit of a break. Yes. We're tired. We're, we're sore. Uh, long trip. Well worth it. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. It was a lot of fun. So next time we'll go a little bit more specific. I mean, it's kind of like a scouting trip. Yeah. You know? Um, you go out and you find some areas that you want to focus on. So we went out and we looked at it all and now we know of some areas that we would rather focus on. Mm -hmm. So the next trip that we take, that's what we'll do. We'll go up there and we'll focus on those areas, specific times. Um, and, uh, it'll be a much more productive trip in the fishing world. You know, we caught some fish, but we didn't catch any steelhead. Um, but yeah, so we can we can begin to um prioritize and and focus on specific areas and times next trips yep absolutely but definitely worth the worth the time worth the effort it was a lot of fun and uh if you're looking to see some pretty country, just go up there. It's yeah. it's gorgeous. Go country. turkey hunting up there. Go oh, turkey my hunting. Atlanta. There are turkeys everywhere. Turkeys everywhere. Uh, That's one one bad thing about going right now is we missed a lot of turkey season, um, and uh, you know turkey. So turkey season will be over on May 10th. Everybody, everybody we talked to up there said, "Did you guys come to turkey hunt?" Right. I'm like right. no. Right. We should have. And, and so, so yeah, we missed some of our tricky, again, we had reasons, um, but that was kind of a bummer because, you know, after, after turkey season's over in May, you've got a long wait between then and August Mm -hmm. before you can start antelope hunting, if you were lucky enough to draw a tag, like, you know, we were. (laughs) You can't keep rubbing that in. That's what I do. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, the summer months, you know, fill them with fishing because that's. But we had to do it in April, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got, boss. All right. Well, you guys, thanks for joining. I really appreciate uh, appreciate, uh, your support, 
had a few t-shirt orders we appreciate that we've got mm -hmm. still got caps and t-shirts for sale on our website yep. notagrandeoutdoors.com yep um we're running low on caps we're gonna have to we're get, some, to get more some more caps uh our, apparently our caps are pretty popular we've given a lot away <laughs> <laughs> but the people that we give them to have, we've, have we've liked them we've sold a few too we have um but uh yeah uh, come check out our website we've got uh, some our weekly hits and misses don't miss that on our instagram facebook and we will catch you next time thanks for joining adios adios thanks for joining not a grande outdoors podcast come follow us on instagram twitter facebook and youtube and don't forget about our website www.notagrandeoutdoors.com adios, adios.